Hey Dragons, welcome to episode 55 of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Today's episode is with Aaron Naboose. He is a motivator over at uh, sdccfit.com. He is the host of the Hall H podcast. And his main goal is essentially to get people fit and ready for convention season, combining two of his passions, which are comic conventions, as well as getting fit, staying fit. He's got a couple of challenges going on right now. Of course, we do include all the links in the show notes, so be sure to check those out. Also, I need to say thank you for all the love we've been getting on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. Thank you so much for the reviews. Uh, it's very much appreciated, very helpful to the podcast. And as usual, please, if you could this week, just reach out to two or three friends. Say, hey, I really dig this podcast. Uh, I think you would too. Really helps our numbers, really helps helps us out over here, helping me get uh, bigger and better guests uh, for you. So yeah, anyways, enjoy the conversation and work out nerd out. Alright, Dragons, welcome back to another episode of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Today I am joined by Aaron Naboos, motivator over at SDCC Fit, as well as the host of the Hall 8 Show podcast. Aaron, how are you doing today, man? I'm good, brother. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. Dude, absolutely. Uh, I'm so glad we connected, as everyone does these days, via Twitter. Um... And you're doing something that I absolutely love. Essentially, it's what I call convention fit. <laughs> That's right. You're getting people fit and ready to go to uh, comic conventions because they take a lot out of you, man. <laughs> for sure. Um, I can't take credit for the creation of the hashtag SDCC fit. It goes back a couple years, and I can't recall who exactly did it, but... Um, maybe some of your listeners may follow uh, somebody named Leonard Sultana. He goes by the Englishman in San Diego, and he has a uh, a weekly Sunday. Uh, well, it was a Google Hangout, but I guess it's a YouTube live show now. It's called a Cup of Tea SDCC, and he covers a lot of you know uh, pop culture uh, convention news. Anyway, uh, his, her, his co-host Alyssa Franks. Uh, she is the uh, creator of the Friends of Comic-Con Forum, Friends of CC. And she's big on, you know, preparation for cons because she goes to a lot of cons herself. And one thing I remember them talking about one time was that you have to get convention fit. Um, you know, it, it all comes down to, you know, especially if you go to San Diego Comic-Con, it's if you're there for all four or five days. Uh, last year, I walked 32 miles. Easy. Wow. So, yeah, so it, it, it's a marathon sometimes. So you have to be prepped. Um, it all comes down to, you know, you can't wait until a couple of weeks to get started. You have to do it on an ongoing basis, especially if you go to a lot of conventions throughout the year. Uh, so I took that as a cue, and, and then I had sort of realized that myself because back in, I think, 2014, 
that was the first time I went to San Diego Comic Con and, and went all five days. Usually I'd go like a day or, or two just because of work. So I just said, cool. Um, and at the same time, we had started uh, the HallH.com blog. So I wanted to, you know, experience as much of it as possible. Um, and that first year was, it was, I felt it, you know, my legs were tired, uh, by, you know, Sunday. And I said, you know, next year I'm going to make some changes so I can get in better shape uh, for San Diego Comic Con. So, um, when I heard Alyssa and, and Leonard talking about that on, on that show that they had, um, it kind of sparked something in me. And I just said, you know, I'm going to, Start a Twitter, see if it's available, SDUCC fit. And the, the, uh, the account was, was there. Um, I secured, you know, Facebook, Instagram. And so, you know, we have a small but growing uh, movement. There's about 200 or so people who are on there. Um, and, you know, I keep tabs on a lot of them. I'll check in, send them messages every so often. Hey, how you doing? Um, you know, I haven't seen you post anything in a while. Um, you know, what's, what are you doing this week to, uh, to get fit? You know, so, you know, just little messages here and there just to keep in touch. So, yeah. No, dude. And that's, and that's awesome. And one of my, I remember my first Comic Con was back in 2014, my first SDCC. And uh-huh. we were there for all four days and it kicked my butt. Yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm sitting in a line and like we had just eaten some crap food from some vendor just because we needed something really quick to, to just, you know, get in our system because we were so hungry, skipped breakfast, did, we did everything wrong. So we're in this panel. I don't even remember what panel it was. But, like, the entire time, my stomach is just gurgling and rumbling. And I'm like, oh, my God, I feel so bad right now. And it was like that for a majority of the weekend. And this past year, 2016, you know, I would wake up a little bit earlier. I would have a good breakfast, Uber down to the convention center. Um, I would have my bag filled with, like... Fruits, vegetables, protein bars, stuff that I could actually, like, eat that would fill me up that wasn't not the best for you, you know? Right. And it made a huge difference, as well as you're doing, you're putting in 12, 14, sometimes 16-hour days, Mm -hmm. like, if you get there (laughs) right when it opens till right when it ends. So you got to be able to to just power through and keep going and stay awake if you want to see everything you want to see. Because mm-hmm. it just takes so much out of you and you're doing all the walking, especially if you're going to uh, the football stadium, or not the football stadium, the Petco. baseball stadium, Petco, Petco Park, yeah. Yeah. and the stuff all around there. So I totally admire what you're doing. And what I really loved what you said is that you're – staying in touch with this community and you're keeping people accountable. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, what are you doing? What are you up to? You know, where's your status at? And I think that's some of the most important things because I think one of the things that gets in people's way, at least in terms of fitness goals is nobody holds them to account 
you know? Do you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, it's funny, we, we talked about this last Sunday. We had a show at uh, uh, the uh, Cup of Tea SDCC Hangout live show at the uh, San Diego Comic Fest, where I was at a couple weekends ago. <clears throat> it was a, uh, a show specifically about, you know, also getting SDCC fit since it's the start of the con season. And on that show, I said to the effect that, yeah, you need to get started. But at the same time, you need to be consistent. And what's one way to be consistent is accountability. You know, sometimes you can't do it by yourself. You need a group of people or some friends that can, you have a, you know, sort of like the same goal in mind. Uh, you're moving in the same direction. You can help each other out and motivate each other. And I think that's where something like SDCC Fit comes in is because, you know, I, I, I've created some of these little challenges here and there. Uh, during the holiday season, I created a hashtag called, uh, uh, was it, uh, no gain, uh, SDCC holiday challenge or something like that. So the, the goal was to weigh yourself the day after Thanksgiving, um, and not gain any weight until uh, the first of the year, basically. So we had, you know, yeah, we had some pretty good, uh, participation in that hashtag. And that sort of coalesced into the hashtag that we're using right now. The next challenge is a no SDCC uh, gain challenge. Okay. Uh, was it no no gain SDCC challenge? So that's the hashtag we're using right okay. now. So so basically, from like late uh, late January till the week of Samuel Comic Con, you can't get any weight. So. <laughs> That's intense, man. That is like so, seven and a half. That's seven months. Right, right. So so basically, you know, my hope is that you don't gain any weight. At the same time, you can try to strive for more. Like that kind of puts you into a mindset. It changes your mindset to like achieve more than just nothing. You know, you can, you know, whatever your goals are. Like for instance, my goal, uh, I sort of, try to do actionable goals and goals that I can achieve versus like big lofty goals that set yourself up for failure. So uh, when I first started, you know, thinking about con fitness and SDCC fits, I thought to myself, you know, at the time, I kind of want to get back to my, my freshman college weight, you know, and that's like, that's like 50 pounds ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> so obviously I didn't want to lose, try to lose 50 pounds in one year uh, just because you know, you read about the yo-yo effect and, you know, I wanted to, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, try to chunk it down into achievable uh, parts and goals. So my goal was to lose 10 pounds for the next five years. And this was back in like, 2014, 2015. So by 2019 or 2020, I hopefully I'll be 50 pounds lighter. And so the goal is this, this year is to lose another 10 pounds and now I'm halfway there. So nice. Yeah. And I sort of put another goal, a secondary goal, uh, like 10 or 12 years ago. I was, I was kind of strong. Now I used to be able to bench like, uh, like 225, like 30 reps. So, um, that, that was, I, I want to at least try to get to 315. Nice. My max by like, by like Comic Con. So that's my secondary goal. And uh, I went to the gym like earlier this week because I haven't been, I haven't touched weights in a while. And, uh, I got some work to do, but I think it's achievable. <laughs> yeah, um, dude, I know how you feel. 
I, I, I've wanted to lose 20 pounds by mid-March, and here it is the beginning of March. By the time this airs, it'll be over and done mid-March. But it's just been such a pain. And it's like, I wish I would have had that mentality where I was like, okay, if I had done say five pounds from September last year until the end of the year, and then five pounds or 10 pounds from beginning of this year till middle of this year. So I'm still trying to get down to, to a more reasonable weight for myself because mm-hmm. I'm just not where I'm at. Um, and people who've listened to the podcast kind of get that. So I think you and I are going to be talking a little bit more, <laughs> um, <sure. laughs> but I do have, a question for you, and I know I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. Have you ever run a Tough Mudder? I haven't, but I, I think I saw, when I was looking you up, I saw pictures of you in a Tough Mudder. <laughs> yeah, so, so I have done 17 Tough Mudders. Whoa, that's awesome. <laughs> um, uh, dude, I love them. They're, they're, there's worse things to be addicted to, is what I say. So <laughs> mid-March, I'm running two back-to-back on back-to-back weekends. So uh, March 18th and 19th, I'm running one in New Orleans on Saturday, one in New Orleans on Sunday. Then I fly back to LA. I'm running one on Saturday and another one on Sunday. So I'm essentially doing four in nine days. Wow. So what what does a Tough Mudder entail exactly? The Tough Mudder is around 10 miles uh, in length. And it's over hilly, well, not necessarily hilly, but like natural terrain. So, like Southern California, um, in LA, we're at the Glen Helen Raceway, which is a racetrack, but it's also a dirt bike track. So, you're going up and down these hills through the woods or like little forest area, through some desert area. Um, and there's obstacles, you know. Crazy monkey bars, an ice bath. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other obstacles. Um, uh, climbing over walls. If, if you remember the TV show from back in the day, American Gladiators. I, I do remember that show. Yeah. Um, or it's, it's very much like Ninja Warrior, mm-hmm. but the obstacles are spread out over 10 miles instead of all right next to each other. Um, but in October, they do one in Temecula. If you'd be down to do one with me, man, I'll send you an invite. <laughs> I'll think about it. <laughs> All right. It's no matter where you are in your fitness level, I promise you that you can complete a Tough mutter. It's just a matter of putting one foot in front of the other. I'm sure it's fun when you have like a group of people doing it with you. It's just, that's just probably what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've run with people all, you know, all walks of life, all shapes and sizes, everywhere. So it's a blast. And I would love to run one with you if if in October you feel you want to do it. Or anybody over <laughs> in the SDCC Fit community, man. This is so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll link it up. We'll, we'll send out the link for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, man. Um, but tell me about... How you got into the con scene, like, where did your nerdiness come from? How did that kind of evolve? Um, let's see. 
when I was a kid, um, my, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Navy brat, so you know my dad was in the Navy. We were stationed here in San Diego, National City, and I remember, you know, going to like the Navy Exchange and reading the comic books in Iraq. You know, going to Seven Eleven, Seven Eleven, you know, the apartment complex where we lived in National City. And I think the first comic book I ever laid my eyes on was like the uh, the comic book adaptation of. Do you remember the Battlestar Galactica TV show back in the seventies? Yeah, for sure. Was, yeah, so that was I think that was the first set of comic books I laid my eyes on, and I was hooked. After that, um, so you know, as I got a little bit older, I moved on to like uh, predominantly the Marvel universe. Uh, I was a big Avengers fan, Silver Surfer, um, yeah. Ghost Rider. So yeah, nice. that's, I, I love I love those those comic books, and um, but I kind of took a break, a long break, collecting comic books and reading comic books just because. Adulting, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know the feeling. Uh, and now that I'm sort of getting back into it, um, let's see. I sort of stopped clicking seriously in, in like the late '90s. It was at the time when I went to my first Comic Con, uh, ironically, uh, which was back in 1995 or '96. Was my first oh, wow. San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. So um, I think what had stopped me from collecting anymore was I don't know if you remember the whole onslaught storyline. Uh, when uh, it, had, it had to do with like uh, Professor X, Magneto, their consciousness is sort of coalescing, and oh, the whole okay. Marvel, the whole Marvel universe was like torn apart, and then all these alternate like things started happening. And I was like, ah, I'm done. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I stopped collecting after that. Uh, anyway, but I still enjoyed going to Comic Con. Uh, so my first one was I think it's 1995, 96, um, and yeah, it was. I loved it. You know, so many pop culture uh, fandoms come to Comic Con. It's not just about comics. Even back then, it was it was obviously different than what it is now. But back then, I could still you know see anime, manga. Um, I've always been into anime and manga as well. So um, yeah, it was it was starting to grow into like a pop culture uh, con and, and starting to transition with a lot of Hollywood starting to come in. Um, and then fast forward to to like the early 2000s, I'd go every so often when I would, you know, get lucky enough to buy tickets. I mean, I think even as as early as like 2000, 2000 when I was still living in San Diego, um, you could still go to Comic-Con on the same day, buy your ticket and go to Hall H. No problem. You know, yeah. this is 2000. This is like 2000, 2001. You can still do that. Obviously, you can't do that anymore. But uh how, my how times have changed, um, but yeah, I still like going to San Diego Comic Con. And now that you know, I'm doing the blogging thing at hollyh.com uh, and, and the podcast. We're starting to go to all sorts of shows. Um, I don't know if you can be going to WonderCon in uh, Anaheim in March. Um, I I will probably not be. I think um, I actually needed a break from cons. Uh, okay. So yeah, so so yeah, we, we go to obviously it's more Southern California based cons that we go to, but it's not just the big ones we go to. We like going to small ones. Like I don't think you, I don't know if you watch anime, but you do you remember Macross? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a Macross World in Torrance, small con. You know, I doubt. Oh. Yeah, I, I doubt 700 people actually show up, but it's still a pretty cool con that we go to. Um, so yeah, we we love small cons and and, and big cons alike. 
Um, another con that we're going to is uh, Designer Con in Pasadena. That's the that's, that's a convention that we, we like to end the year with. Um, and basically, it's one big artist alley. And being at Hall H, you know, that's what we love, you know, talking to artists and other creators. And um, you can see the same artist at, at Santa Comic Con, but obviously they'd, they'd be busy, you know, talking to a lot of people. But at Designer Con, you can have like a 30-minute conversation with artists. And, you know, it'd be like one of those gems, those intimate little uh, situations where you can, you know, get to know them. Yeah. That's that's awesome. I will say some of my favorite cons are um f- this was the first year for it, but uh Palm Springs Comic Con was mm. really small, really great, loved it. Um on the smaller end of the bigger cons, I love Stanley's LA Comic Con. Yeah. We um, love that one too. Oh, always fun. Um I also like like alternative cons. Mm-hmm. Um, not for nerd stuff, but I've gone to a couple like Fit Expos okay. or um, LA Cookie Con. I, th- I saw you uh, mention that in your last podcast or a couple podcasts. Yeah, um, which is so great. It's like cookies and confectionery and like baking <laughs> stuff, and it's so much fun. I actually met Sarah Michelle Geller, uh, <laughs> Buffy, Happy Twentieth, Buffy. At last year's LA Cookie Con, yeah, it it was like I was like, oh Buffy, <laughs> um, it was it was really one of the coolest cons, and it's only going its third or fourth year, so it's still relatively small. And if you like, uh, if it's your cheat day, go and uh, have some uh, yeah. cookies. Although, although I I'd rather use the word reward day than cheat day. <laughs> also, okay, I've been trying to find different phrases for things, you know, and try to adjust that vocabulary because I don't like the term cheat day or cheat meal mm-hmm. um, because that implies it's like a negative thing. Exactly. And so I kind of like what you're calling it with reward day. <laughs> I like, like I see issues with that as well because it's like we shouldn't look at quote unquote the unhealthy things that we eat as rewards. I see. Because that gives us something like that creates the impression that we're we work out so we can reward ourselves with this junk food, which yeah, in one sense is okay, but like it's not the things we should be striving for. Like I don't work out so I can eat the mac and cheese. I work out because I love working out. I love that lifestyle and I eat mac and cheese because I love eating mac and cheese, but I understand that I can't eat mac and cheese for every meal. Right. You know? So I'm still, I'm still trying to come up with some sort of phrase that encompasses all that (laughs) for the, for the sometimes meal and not the all the time meal. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Oh, oh, but just to round out, uh, yeah. I guess my coming back to comic books, and even now it's like a good time to come back to comic books because, um, you know, I, I I mentioned earlier I was into Avengers when I was younger, and like there's a new comic book based on the Vision that's pretty yeah. pretty cool. It's really dark. It's it's not something that if you grew up a fan of the Vision, you whoa, it's like it's totally different. It's it's, really, it's a really good read. I would recommend that that book. 
Um, Do you know what it's called? Like what the name of it actually is? It's, I think it's just called the vision. Um, and um, a previous guest, uh, Jason Inman and uh, Ashley Robinson, they were on our podcast and they were promoting their their independent comic book that they were having a Kickstarter campaign for called Jupiter Jet. Um, Jason Inman and Ashley Robinson, they do a podcast called the uh, Geek History Lesson. So it's a pretty cool podcast. You should probably uh, give it a listen. Uh, they What they do is pretty much um, they'll take a character and they'll do like a little brief history and kind of give you the, the 101 and, and, and let them, let the readers know, uh, you know, pretty much uh, encyclopedia entry of, of that character. Um, and, and they're in their fun and quirky way of delivering it. So uh, they're pretty, they're pretty cool. I love independent comic books like, uh, our friend Keith and Jones. He owns his own publishing company called Kid Comics and he will be releasing his new comic book called, uh, The Power Knights issue three. Um, so it's funny because like now that we're doing this podcast, we're coming across all these independent creators and it's like, I love it. You know, it, it's, it's really motivating me to like explore and, and learn new things about, you know, different people and, and different comic books. So I'm, I'm really enjoying this ride. Yeah. It's, it's a trip, man. And of course, everyone who's listening, they know they can always find the links to all these books and all these comics uh, in the show notes. So everyone head over to dumbbellsanddragons.com uh, slash SDC, SDCC fit um, and check out the links to all these comic books and pick up a new book. You never know what you're going to like. Um, the last podcast we just had before this one was all about pretty much the stuff that Image is doing. Mm. And Image especially is doing. Especially, yeah, especially with their 25 year anniversary that no, this year. Oh, yeah. Dude, they're doing some of the best books that that I don't read ongoing series oh. usually. Yeah, there's a I, series called there's a series called Birthright that I started, but I'm, I'm a little bit behind. But I enjoyed that one as well. It's an image comic. Birthright. Okay, I'm gonna check that one out too. Um, I don't like ongoing series, but the ongoing series that I am reading is pretty much all from Image or Old Man Logan from Marvel. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to check this out, dude. Birthright looks sick. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Excellent, excellent. So, what is one thing that you're into that other people might find surprising? One thing I'm into that other people might find surprising? Hmm. Well, I guess something surprising for other people to find out would be that I'm a Rich Springfield fan. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. Yeah, well, I mean, it goes back to, uh, I guess I mentioned earlier, Battlestar Galactica. And, uh, and, uh, well, I guess when I was younger, I used to also watch soap operas with my mom, specifically General Hospital. So, <laughs> and, Rick, and Rick, and Rick was on that show. And then I remember watching Battlestar Galactica and he played, I don't know if you remember the show, but Apollo's younger brother that dies in the beginning. Oh, that was, wow. Rick, Spring, that was Rick Springfield. So, um, and then I, Kind of like just, you know, moved on to his music, and I was a big fan of like uh, Jesse's Girl and all the songs on that on that album. So, um, who's not yeah. a fan of Jesse's Girl? <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, I, I love his little bit roles. Uh, I, I know that he was on Supernatural recently, 
and uh, a friend of mine had recommended that I check it out. So hopefully I can you know check out a, a couple of episodes uh, that he was in. Um, and also, uh, a lot of people may not know this, but he might be the biggest collector of Star Wars paraphernalia out there. Really? Yeah. yeah. If you look up, uh, I, I guess we, if you could look it up online, he was interviewed by I forgot who interviewed him. It might be like Entertainment Tonight or something like that. But yeah, they they do a little story on on all the stuff Star Wars related stuff that he has, even obscure and hard to collect, hard to find stuff he has. It's pretty interesting. That's awesome. <laughs> I okay. I love it when I find out that like famous people are as nerdy as me. Like yeah. I wish I was as famous or as had the uh, bank account of Rick Springfield just so I could afford <laughs> all my collection stuff. Oh, for sure, man. <laughs> you know, um, seriously, that amazing Spider-Man vol- uh, issue one would be mine. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it'd be like, what do I want? Like, cause now it's like, what do I need? I need a new car or I can buy a $15,000 comic book. I think I'm going <laughs> to stick with the car because I need to go to work to pay off the car. <laughs> I, hear you. I hear you, man. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, if any, mundane superpower would you have? Mundane superpower. And, and here's the example I give to people. The... Mundane superpower I want is when I leave work, I know exactly which lane on the freeway will get me home the fastest. I would want to be able to, I guess, fill up my gas tank like that. (laughs) Uh, No, that's I I like that. You don't have to sit there waiting at the pump. You just one squirt and your tank is full. That's it. I'm ready. I like that. I like that. Um, one of the other ones I really like is the ability to know exactly when I have to leave the house to get to my destination exactly two minutes early. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's pretty badass. <laughs> right? Because yeah. then you're never late for anything. <laughs> but you're never obnoxiously early, especially here in L.A., with the traffic, you're either an hour early or you're like 45 minutes late. <laughs> I guess another thing that I was thinking about, well, it's funny, not right now, but I think having the power to, like if something drops, you can like figure out geometry and physics to like catch it, you know? Okay. <laughs> exactly how fast you have to be to catch it. Yeah. yeah. I like that. And also, you would never break anything. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like when you when you accidentally drop something and you do those ninja things where you're <laughs> yeah. just like juggling it, but then you actually end up catching it, and you just feel like the coolest guy in the room. Exactly. <sighs> See, I always end up like missing it, and then end up kicking it, and it goes across the room, and then crashes. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was it? The Comic-Con that got you started on your fitness journey, or what was that like? Like, how did you um, get started? You know, it, it, I guess I guess that's part of it, but um, you know, I, I did have some health issues, you know, the last you know dozen years or so. So the first one was, um, like, I had my gallbladder taken out, 
uh-huh. I was suffering from these gallbladder attacks. So after I had it taken out, I didn't really adjust the way I was eating. So I gained like 30 or 40 pounds relatively quick. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So and then and then in 2010, I got uh, thyroid cancer. So obviously that changed your, your perspective in life. So after that, I, I started to take my health more, more seriously. But as it pertains to uh, where I'm right now, the impetus of that was definitely um, my want to be more fit for Comic-Con so I can enjoy it better. And the tagline that I use, well, obviously, I'm, more, I'm a long-term thinker. So the, the tagline that I came up for, for SDCC Fit is, uh, yeah, we're getting SDCC Fit or SDCC and for life. So, yeah, our goal is to be fit for SDCC, but really, the long-range goal is that you should be thinking about your life, more long-term thinking. So that's sort of like my mentality for, for this movement. Yeah, I mean, that's that puts it into perspective exactly. Like, we might have a reason why we're getting in shape. We might have a race or a Comic-Con or a health issue, but... That is really the upfront goal, you mm-hmm. know. The the goal running in the background is this should be a lifestyle. It should be a drive to be more healthy for everything in your life. Not just to go to Comic-Con, but to play with kids, go to the grocery store, live your life, um travel, go to work, whatever whatever it is that encompasses your life, being fit for your goal only helps you being fit in those other areas as well. Mm, Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and it's sort of changed, like you said, it's all about, you know, lifestyle changes. And as I was getting more serious about, you know, my fitness and health, I was walking a lot. Obviously, you need to walk a lot to prepare for, for conventions, especially for San Diego Comic-Con. So I would find that my cardio, I would love to do it in the morning as a way to get my, my blood pumping and, and to, you know, I guess, get my mind clear for the, to tackle the day. And so I would be popping in these, you know, audiobooks and listening to all these different podcasts. So that was sort of like an added benefit. Um, so I'd be listening to people like... Uh, uh, Tim Ferriss, uh, or, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, ah. Chase, Jar- Chase Jarvis, uh, people like that in the morning. And that would motivate me and think about, okay, you know, Tim Ferriss, he's, he's big on habits, you know? So it got me thinking about what kind of habits can I sort of, uh, put into my daily routines to make me more efficient and productive. And, um, I'm both a morning and a night person. It just depends, but, like I said, I found out that, you know, doing at least my 30 minutes of cardio first thing in the morning before I go to work kind of put me in the right frame of mind to tackle the day. And sometimes if, if I don't do that in the morning, I feel I feel bad, you know. So <laughs> I have to do it in the morning or at least, you know, do something. Um, so I was able to do that consistently. Then it got me thinking, okay, what are some, what are some other habits that I, that I can incorporate into my life? So I started thinking about 
uh, of the blog and the podcast, you know, which, which time of day am I the most efficient to, you know, do these tasks that I have to do to make sure that we, you know, at least are consistent with, with podcasts or whatever. Um, even at, even at work, I'm a project manager and a graphic and a lead designer. So, you know, I started chunking things down. Like I don't check my email as much during the day. Um, I, I do like maybe five times a day or four times a day, just depending. So it, it, this movement to be more fit for SDCC has coalesced into like a total change in my thinking about everything that I do. So, yeah, that's, that's huge. And I know I keep my email running in the background, mm-hmm. which is such a pain in the ass because as soon as I get an email and I get the notification, I drop whatever it is I'm doing. Right. And I check that email and regardless of what people think, I do think there's a delay in getting out of what you were doing to get into a mindset to check this email and then vice versa. It might take you one minute. It might take you five minutes. Some people I'm sure it can take 10, 20 minutes to just kind of focus on the task at hand which is why I'm not a big fan of multitasking. I agree. I mean, I, I think while being a project manager, you think I'd be good at multitasking, but I think I've gotten good at, at uh, prioritizing. So I think that's the key word, prioritizing instead of multitasking. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, you, you, you set your, your little, you try and be as systematic as possible. You figure out what the most important things that you need to do during the day. And, you know, you, you, you tackle it in, in whatever order you, you come up with it. So I think that's a good mindset to have. No, absolutely. And I think that that's, that's definitely an important thing for people to remember is just being able to prioritize what they want to prioritize. I don't want to say what they need to prioritize because sometimes there's, you have a choice. You can, go to the gym in the morning and get your half hour of cardio or you can get right. an extra half hour of sleep. Yeah. It's all relative. I mean, like, like I said, I like doing my morning cardio and, and working out in the morning. Um, like we both know, uh, Jeff Muller, the mighty jerd. He likes working out late at night, like at 10 o'clock in the evening. So, Oh, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do that. No. And uh, that reminds me, I wanted to say something that the, the days I hit the gym in the morning, as opposed to rest days or anything else, I have more energy for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Even though I've technically expanded all this energy in the morning, I'm still, you know, I've got, I've got the adrenaline, the endorphins, I've got all this stuff going on yeah. and it just I makes think. me feel better as I approach each day. Mm-hmm. I'm saying so, that <laughs> um, we were talking about, uh, reward meals a little bit <laughs> earlier right. uh, what is your favorite um i don't really have like a sweet tooth per se if it's like a small if it's like a small little reward i'll probably treat myself to like a, a flan or like a you know a, some sort of custard based pastry okay. um, but if you know if it's something major, you know, I love Korean food. I'm into Korean food now. 
Um, like for instance, if somebody do, do a convention, the team will go out at the end of the day for dinner, for the last day for dinner, we'll probably hit up a Korean you know, barbecue place. So that's usually like our go-to for a, a reward meal. So, <laughs> Dude, I love Korean barbecue. Yeah. That is so good. Is it like, are you talking about the place where you like cook it yourself? Yeah. You, yeah. yeah. Oh God, so good. And, 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 and I've, I've required, I've, I've become a big fan of like all the little the banchan, little side dishes, you know. Oh um, yeah, and, and I love I love kimchi. I'm a big fan of kimchi now. Kimchi's good. Like, yeah. Um, I just got back from Southeast Asia. Oh wow. Um, a couple months ago, I was in Vietnam and Cambodia. Oh wow. And oh, the kimchi, like they'll give it to you with your pho. Uh huh. It's so good. Wow. It was so good. I was actually, um, the week after I got back, my boss was like, let's go out for pho. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, it's not going to be as good as what I had two weeks ago, boss. Like, I'll go with you, but I'm going to be disappointed. Where do you go for pho up in LA? Um, I really like, we're, we're right next to this place called pho 77, which uh-huh. is really good. Um, I can't remember the name of it. I think it was like, it was on this other place I used to go was on Kawanga, Kawanga near Hollywood Boulevard. That's one there thing was, I miss. Yeah. There's one thing I miss because I used to live in Orange County for about 10 years and I miss going to Little Saigon, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, everywhere else, a lot of Vietnamese restaurants, they have like pretty much a little bit of everything, but in Little Saigon, they'd have little shops here and there that specialize in one thing. So, you know, if you, if you wanted chicken pho, for example, you go to the place that specializes in chicken pho. Or you wanted spring rolls, you go to the place that is known for their spring rolls. So, I missed that. <laughs> yeah. It was called It's Pho. It's Pho, okay. That's cool. It's Pho. Yeah. Um, really good pho place. No, and that's, I'm, I'm totally with you. There's all these places and they specialize in one thing that's really good. And it's like, sometimes I want all the things that are really good. So I have to hit up eight restaurants on my way. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, my, my reward meal, the one thing I, I don't have very often, maybe once a month is like serious gourmet mac and cheese. Okay. Like I'm talking like mac and cheese made with like, four or five different cheeses with like bacon or chicken or like steak in it, like pulled pork, carnitas in it. Oh, nice. Um, that's my jam. Oh, that's uh, not, like, I, might, I might have to switch mine. Um, <laughs> it is, um, there was one time where it was just, we happened to be eating out like three times that week just because time and busy and life, you know, life, life gets in the way. But we kept going to these places that had baller mac and cheese. <laughs> so I had mac and cheese like three times in one week. And I was like, okay, that's it. I need to, I need to set a limit for myself on this one, man. So, yeah. Wow. Oh, God. So what do you think, Dad? I'm going to try and make some mac and cheese today, maybe. <laughs> dude, dude, right? Like, that's what everyone should have for dinner on this beautiful Sunday night. <laughs> um, no. So we were talking about... Uh, um, Current events on the podcast is we we ask people what did they do to work out nerd out. 
you kind of talked a little bit about your working out. What did you do to nerd out this week? Is there anything you did specifically to engage the nerdy part of your brain? Um, I've been hearing a lot about the show called The Expanse on sci Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, I finally got a chance to watch it, you know, the first season. So I totally dug it. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I can't wait to watch the other seasons. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you. I watched the first episode, mm-hmm. but I was very, very preoccupied. So okay. I didn't pay attention at all. Okay. And part of me thinks, okay, that's my fault for not paying attention. But part of me is also like, uh, the show didn't catch my attention. Should I watch another, like, should I rewatch the season premiere and give it another few episodes or just kind of move on, focus my time on something else? Um, it depends on if you're purely looking at for escapism and like just to zone out. Probably, it's probably not a show that you want to watch. It's a little bit more cerebral, I guess, in some ways. Okay. It's, it's like a, it, it's pretty much, it's pretty much like a, the, a detective show, really, you know, in, in some, okay. in some respects. So, uh, which take, which takes place out, out in space. Um, yeah. but I, I kind of enjoyed it. It has some of the, uh, the quote unquote griminess of like, you know, the, the recent Battlestar Galactica series, you know, um, especially since it takes place kind of relatively, even though it's in the future, it's kind of like, you know, nobody has a warp drive or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's still, you know, at, at the, 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 the relatively pubescent, pubescent stage of our space exploration, but they do, do, they do some pretty, you know, cool little things with, you know, tech and, and some of the ships. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I've, I, like, I've heard great things, but it's like, it's one of those things where right now I'm still catching up on Orphan Black from last season. I've heard good shows, uh, good, Dude, uh, reviews about that. Yeah. Orphan Black is amazing. Um, the lead actress, Tatiana Maslany, is so incredibly talented. I'm super excited to see what she does for the rest of her career. Um, but then I've also gotten into, uh, it's a Netflix show, Ultimate Beastmaster. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it is, it's Ninja Warrior. Okay. But it's, well, it's a Ninja Warrior clone, but produced by Sylvester Stallone and hosted Ooh. by Terry Crews. Okay. <laughs> and Terry Crews is my hero. Yeah, he's, like, he's cool, man. Yeah, he's he's just he's so cool, he's so awesome, he's so fit. Like when I started the podcast, I was like, I will have made it when I get Terry Crews on the podcast. Oh, I think I mean so. It might take me ten years, twenty years, whatever. I don't know how many episodes I'm gonna have to do to get Terry uh, Crews on the podcast. I, I, I think I, I think it might be you know at the, at the rate you're going, I think you will do it pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you know him and you can put in a call for me, please do. Well, speaking of Terry Crews, I just saw a little headline and I kind of bookmarked it. Um, he was talking about intermittent, intermittent fasting and how it helps him like, stay fit. So I wanted to learn more about fasting because I've heard it a lot about on, uh, I think on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. He had a few, he had a few uh, guests on there. Uh, I mentioned Tim Ferriss earlier. He, he's a big fan of fasting. And so, there might be, there might be something to this. So, I mean, I like part of me thinks that okay, yeah, maybe that could be beneficial as, from a weight loss perspective. I don't know how it could be beneficial to me from a productivity 
standpoint because when I get hungry, I can't focus on anything but food or a snack or whatever. So, well, obviously, it's not something you do abruptly. You sort of have to build to it. Yeah. Um, There's a person named Wim Hof, and he's called the Iceman, and uh, he only eats once a day, but he's done a lot of these physical feats, like. I think he, he has a record for like staying underwater in like like frozen water for like the longest time holding his breath. So Oh that's like David Blaine stuff. Oh yeah, but but I mean he, he, he takes people up to Kilimanjaro and he teaches them a breathing method. So it helps them cope with that environment. Um huh. yeah, so he's a pretty pretty interesting guy. If you, if you live, if you ever get a chance, uh look up Wim Hof. Uh, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast. Okay. I will look him up. And then if you could just send me his uh, name and maybe a link to stuff about yeah. him, I'll be more, I'll include that in the show notes. And then I will also be looking him up as well. Sure. Uh, all right. Dude, is there anything else before we begin to wrap up you have going on? Anything you want to talk about, about Hall 8 show? SDCC? Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, I guess we'll start off with uh, Hall H. Basically, I'm sure a lot of your listeners listeners will know what Hall H is down at San Diego Comic Con. It's where all the Hollywood blockbuster uh, studios showcase what they will be. Uh, you know, uh, Marvel has a night, DC yeah, has yeah, a night, exactly. Fox. So, yeah. So uh, for me and my uh, my partner in crime, Alex Benedicto, um, we sort of. Well, it's kind of funny because we were at somewhere just randomly talking. And this was probably back in the early part of 2014. He said to the effect, oh, you know what? I have HallH.com. You know, I have the URL. And he's had it since like 2011. And I said, and I said, I said, what? We should do something with it, right? So yeah. Um, so we started to do something. We, we, you know, started building, uh, the blog. I, I learned how to little. I learned how to do a little bit of WordPress. So I put the uh, the blog together before uh, San Diego Comic Con in 2014. So ever since then, we've been slowly building, uh, making connections, and where where Hall H is traditionally known for uh, mainstream content, uh, we've sort of you know taken a 180 and. Throughout the years of, of going to Comic Con ourselves, we noticed that, you know, Artist Alley isn't the focus that it once was. So we made it a mission to connect with as many artists as possible online and at whatever conventions we go to and, you know, showcase their work, you know, talk about them on social media as much as possible. Um, and then that sort of coalesced into our podcast. So now that we have a podcast, we've con- started connecting with a lot of artists that we've previously made connections with. So we're slowly but surely um, getting them on the show. So that's where the Hall H Show podcast comes into play. And then, of course, that was a direct benefit from um, doing a lot of SDs, DC Fit, you know, outreach to different people. Um, you know, we're not, you know, I'm not really, you know, I'm not the, 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 the butterfly at, at the, you know, I'm not the social butterfly that a lot of people are. So, you know, 
it was a little bit hard in the beginning to, you know, take that first step and sort of make connections with people. Um, but the more I did it, the more comfortable I was, you know, I kind of figured it wasn't as hard as I really thought. And I guess it's something to the effect where, you know, people were afraid of public, publicly speaking. I'm sure in the beginning it'd be hard, but after a few at-bats, you get better at it. So now that I'm at conventions and, you know, online a lot, um, I, it's becoming so, it's become so much easier to make these connections. And there's a person that's an artist that I follow. He's based out in Baltimore. His name is Brian Tillman and he has this uh, panel at different conventions. It's how to pitch and promote yourself. And I remember something that he said one time is, you're at a convention full of nerds. You shouldn't be afraid to, to talk to your people, you know? Oh, yeah. That's so, so true. Yeah. And so I, I've taken that to heart. And now that, that you know, we've got this SDECC fit going, we've got the podcast going, you know, it's, it's become so much easier after you get past that that mentality of, of being afraid to, you know, start making connections. No, absolutely. And that's, and that's huge. And you're not the only podcaster I've spoken to that describes themselves as, if I might put a word in your mouth, as an introvert. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, you'd be surprised. I think of my group of Southern California podcasting friends, uh, Joe Hogan from Geekitude, and then everyone over at the WEC podcast, as well as some guys on the East Coast, we have all, well, they have all described themselves as introverts, and I'm the only extrovert of the group. So <laughs> you're you're not alone in being a introverted podcaster, <laughs> which is somewhat antithetical, uh, but really, really is creates amazing content because introverts just have such a great overall view of topics and of the world around them. It's really interesting how observe how uh, their skills of observation mm -hmm. are. It's really great. For sure. So, yeah. Um, anything else, man? Anything else that's going on that you want to talk about with Hall H or we can kind of get into a little bit of the wrap up. It's up to you. Um, let's see. Well, if you guys see us at the next convention that we're going to, WonderCon up in Anaheim, you know, please, you know, don't be afraid and uh, come, come say hi to us. <laughs> We'd love to meet you. <laughs> Sounds good. I will, I will definitely uh, have everyone do that as well. Now, do you have a go-to nerd resource or fitness resource or an app or something that helps you <clears throat> either stay connected with your nerdy passions or your fitness passions? Um, really, I, I mentioned uh, Leonard Sotana in his uh, Cup of Tea SDCC Google Hangout or YouTube live show. Um, for a lot of like convention and San Diego Comic Con related things, uh, he's like my go-to source. He's really into that, which is kind of funny because he's all the way in, in the UK. So <laughs> you think, you think I'd follow somebody closer to San Diego, but he, <laughs> He, he's really, he loves it and he's, he's totally into it. And he's a really, he's really a cool guy. So him and then there's, uh, the friends of CC forum, uh, run by Alyssa Franks. Uh, that's a good resource to stay up to date with all the conventions and nerdy news. Uh, she's 
pretty up to date on, on TV shows and all that stuff. Um, let's see. For uh, Nerd Fitness, uh, I mentioned uh, Jeff Muller. Um, you know, the, yeah. our friend, the Mighty Jerd. Yeah, the Mighty Jerd. His website is is full of, of useful information. Um, and one thing I, I like to do, especially with SDCC Fit, you know, it's it's a movement, and we we try to stay in touch with each other, and we do so uh, actually through through Twitter. So if any of you guys want to follow us on Twitter, uh, the handle is SDCC Fit, and some of the people on there as well. We formed a little uh, Fitbit. You know, challenge every week. So we're on Fitbit. Oh, nice. Well, so that's another way that we stay motivated. I don't really use a lot of other apps, uh, really. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, I think on your previous show, um, you know, he was getting to yoga and you guys were talked about Headspace. So I don't really use, I don't really use any apps like that. Okay. Headspace is still wonderful though. If you're ever into meditation, try Headspace. Um, you've given us a lot of links. Where can people connect with the Hall 8 show? You SDCC SDCC fit um, social media wise. Um, uh, we've secured all the uh, handles on all the the popular uh, social media platforms. So uh, for myself, um, you can follow me at uh, Aaron Abus. You know, two A's R O N and A B U S, and that's the same handle on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, SDCC fit. It's the same thing on Twitter. <laughs> Instagram and Facebook. And for Hall H, um, since our URL is hallh.com, if you spell it out, it's Hall H, then D-O-T-C-O-M. That's our handle on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Okay. Excellent. And all those will be links in the show notes. So everyone go ahead, give them a follow, a like, a review uh, on iTunes for the podcast. I know um, they will appreciate it. Now, to cap things off, man, I gave you a heads up when we started the podcast. Right. What parting advice do you have for everybody out there listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast? Well, I think the key to success is to first get started. And after you get past that, is to stay motivated and consistent. And when it comes to, you know, being confit, SDC fit, SDCC fit and fitness in general, and really just to lead a more productive life. Um, you need to find ways to, uh, to, to, to achieve your goals. And one thing that I try to do is not have such a big goal that you set yourself up for failure. Um, I like to chunk my goals down into sizable, achievable, you know, you can't measurable, measurable. You can't win the war without, you know, winning those smaller battles. So that's the way I kind of look at it. And just uh, going back to, to, to you know, fitness, um, three things that I, I like to think about is, uh, you know, obviously working out. How do you stay consistent and motivated? Um, something like SDCC Fit is a movement that we've sort of used to uh, keep ourselves accountable um, to each other. Um, so I think that's important to help motivate uh, yourself to be consistent. Um, another thing is shoes, you know, people not, might, might not think about it, but shoes are important. Not only when you're walking or running, but you're, when you're at a convention, um, I wish I had a, I wish I had a, I wish I had a, a dollar for every time I saw somebody at a convention who was wearing flip flops or sandals. I'd, I'd be a millionaire, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, um, 
And I will tell you that when I'm at a convention, I am in specific shoes, walking shoes, the the most casual, casual I will go is a pair of Chucks, Chuck Taylors, if they are cosplay appropriate. So I have a cosplay where my character thankfully wears Chucks. So (laughs) that's that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, yeah. So like I I talked about working out and, and shoes and another thing that I think people should also think about is, you know, obviously we talked about food on this podcast, but when it comes to food, I like to be, I like to take a more simple, simple approach. I'm not a big calorie counter, but you know, being Asian and Filipino, I do know that you know, I grew up with steamed white rice you know, and I, I love this stuff, but I knew that I couldn't eat it all the time if I wanted to achieve the goals that I wanted to achieve. So, you know, I didn't experiment. I, stopped eating white rice for a good three months. And I'd only eat it when I went to go visit my mom and dad. Um, and, I, and I easily dropped almost 10 pounds within, within that time frame. Nice. Yeah. And, and I wasn't even working out heavily at the time. And, but, but that got me thinking, okay, you, know, you hear about like processed foods. And, you know, and so I, I, I kind of thought, if I can't pronounce half the things that are on this ingredient list, I probably shouldn't be eating it. <laughs> so uh, I, I started reading labels and paying attention to that rather than really just calorie counting. So I think that sort of helped me. Um, I've substituted, you know, obviously uh, white rice for, for brown rice or even quinoa. I, I've started cooking with quinoa. Um, quinoa is delicious. Yeah. I love quinoa. Yeah. So once you make start making these changes and, you know, incremental changes. It doesn't have to be drastic. Just over time. Yeah. Over time, and if you're consistent, I think you should be able to achieve your goals. Dude, that's that's what it is. It's it's taking the time to do what you need to do. It's it's those slight changes that you were talking about. You dropped white rice. I know um, when I wanted to make a drastic change, and, uh, you know, I cut out beer. Right. And I, I love beer. I'm a <laughs> yeah. fan of beer. Like, not, like, I'm talking good beer. Like, what you can get, San Diego craft beer. You know, um, it's those small changes. If you are a soda drinker, if you drink, you know, three Diet Cokes a day. Exactly. Drop drop down to two, Mm -hmm. and you'll start seeing changes. And then drop down to one, and you'll see even more changes. You know? And it's, it's ridiculous how those small little changes that don't really like they're not a huge inconvenience to you Mm -hmm. can really drastically change your life. Yeah. And I think the next challenge that I'm going to throw out there for the SDCC fit uh, family is, you know, cooking at least once a week. It might not seem like much, but I think it'll get people into the habit of like checking out the produce section and learning more about the food you know. And the ingredients list, yeah, man. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I that's one of my one of my pieces of advice for people if they're if they're like, well, what can I buy? What can I buy at the grocery store? And I'm like, stay to the ends, stay around right, the perimeter yeah. of the grocery okay. store. Right. It's like you've got your fruits, your vegetable, your eggs, your meats. That's all you need, mm-hmm. you know. 
All right. And on that note, Aaron, um, <laughs> I want to thank you so much for being here, man. I've had a blast talking with you. Um, we're going to get you back on and we'll go even more in depth on sure. some of those, some of the foods and the perimeter of the grocery store. <laughs> exactly. Well, and um, also the next time you're in San Diego, let me know and we'll check out some of those craft beers. <laughs> dude, that sounds like a plan. I will be more than happy to take you up on that. Uh, to everyone out there listening, thank you again. This has been another episode of the Dembos and Dragons podcast. We will catch you on the next one and work out nerd out. Thank you for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes as well as a rating. We would definitely appreciate it. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media at Dumbbells Dragon. That includes Pinterest, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Snapchat. Until next time, work out, nerd out.